Meanwhile, Vice President Lai Qingde says Taiwan is locked in an intense silent war with hackers from China. At a hackers conference in Taipei, the VP said Taiwan is grappling with 30 million cyber attacks each month. Many of the attacks are fought off, but some are not, and they result in national security emergencies. A lawmaker with knowledge of Taiwan's information security said cyber defense needs to be a top government priority. Vice President Lai attended the annual Hacks in Taiwan conference on Friday. He said Taiwan was waging a silent, smokeless war against an unimaginable onslaught of cyber attacks. Taiwan is in a key position on the first island chain. We face the threat of China. Every month, we're targeted by 300 million hacker scans. Every month, we are targeted by 30 million cyber attacks. So you can see just how great the threat. Of all the cyber attacks and attempted attacks Taiwan endures, about 90 percent originate from China. As Beijing moves to intimidate Taiwan with its military, it's also launching frequent cyber attacks. A lawmaker with an information security background said the cyber warfare is severely stressing Taiwan's defenses. When it comes to information security, Taiwan truly is being attacked. Taiwan sits in the top range on the global list of targets. There was an onslaught starting from the presidential election to the eve of the May 20th inauguration. Earlier, National Taiwan University Hospital was mentioned, along with the Ministry of Health and Welfare. There were even incidents of attacks targeting the presidential office. These incidents show us that Taiwan's central government needs to do a lot of work in information security. Some attacks target government websites and steal classified data. Others hijack websites and services to render them unusable. Some attackers deploy Trojans and other malware to blackmail companies or individuals. At Shinju Science Park, many companies get several blackmail attacks from the so-called hackers every month. Some might be forced to pay millions in ransom money each month. Time is of the essence when it comes to information security. It's not just about industries and firms protecting their information. It's also about the central government addressing a national issue. Perhaps we need to enact some measures and to pick up the pace a little. We need to build a defensive network for information security. With Chinese hackers at the door, Taiwan's information security is national security. Lawmakers say the government should go all out to make cyber defense a priority. Washington's sanctions against Chinese tech giant Huawei are scheduled to come into effect next Tuesday. As the clock ticks down, Huawei has embarked on a desperate shopping spree, according to multiple reports. A source told Liberty Times that Huawei's chip designing unit has chartered a cargo flight to deliver exorbitantly priced wafers from Taiwan to China before the deadline. U.S. sanctions come into effect next week. Liberty Times reports that Huawei's chip arm HiSilicon chartered a cargo plane for some 7 million NT to carry Taiwan wafers costing 450,000 NT each. It's an expensive shopping spree. Huawei faces the prospect of an interruption to its chip supply, so it's ramping up procurement efforts in Taiwan. This activity will drive revenue for Taiwan's upstream founders and IC designers, and even downstream firms in packaging and testing. With the blacklist coming into effect September 15th, Taiwan manufacturers are racing to ship before the clock strikes midnight.
When Semiconductors, which provides gallium arsenide foundry services, is expected to benefit from Huawei shopping spree. Other beneficiaries include IC testing service provider Kingyuan Electronics and chip tester and packager ASE Technology. Amid the dash for chips, world-leading foundry TSMC reported revenue of 122.8 billion NT in August, up 16% from July to reach a new monthly high. Chip designer MediaTek saw revenue reach 32.7 billion NT, up nearly 42% year-on-year to set a new record. Investors say they fear blowback after the ban snaps into place. One researcher expects negative effects over the short term, but says their scope will be limited. TSMC should be the least affected of them all. We expect TSMC's Q4 performance to be fairly excellent. MediaTek's capacity might be snapped up by China's three other smartphone makers, such as Xiaomi or Oppo. But investors were cautious on Friday, with MediaTek closing down 0.67%. TSMC traded flat before ending slightly up by 0.34%. Taiwan reported two more COVID cases on Friday. One is a Taiwanese man in his 60s who recently returned from the Philippines. The other is a Filipino woman in her 30s who arrived last month in the 36th week of her pregnancy. The woman had tested negative for the disease in tests carried out both before her flight and upon arrival in Taiwan, but a test administered toward the end of her quarantine came back positive before she gave birth to her child. She's the first pregnant woman to have been diagnosed with the disease in Taiwan. Health officials say both mother and son are stable. They have been isolated in separate wards to minimize infection risk. The newborn has been tested for the disease, but the results won't be out until Saturday. Health officials say the chance of direct transmission from mother to child is 3%. The Transport Ministry is trying something new to relieve holiday congestion for the coming mid-autumn festival. Besides the usual freeway traffic controls, it's rolling out a -a ride-a-bus-rent-a-car program for Taipei denizens. It works like this. Instead of driving your own car, you catch a coach bus to the East Coast and rent a vehicle that's parked near your bus stop. Vacationers who participate in the program can save up to 200 NT on their bus ride home. He climbs up a coach bus diesel on the Taipei to Ilan route. Ahead of mid-autumn festival, the transport minister has announced the standard traffic controls like ramp metering, high occupancy vehicle restrictions and toll-free periods. He's also trying something a little different. At your destination bus stop, you'll have your own set of wheels to connect to seamlessly. The transport ministry has partnered with 12 rental companies in Ilan and 17 in Hualien. Bus passengers on the Taipei-Hualien or Taipei-Ilan routes can rent a car or a scooter at their destination. Then, on their bus ride home, they can show proof of a rental payment to get a discount off their coach ticket. It's 100 NT off for a scooter rental and 200 NT off for a car. If we reduce the number of passenger cars on the road, we should be able to smooth out the traffic. It's a bit of ways to drive on your own. Something like this would make it all quite convenient. Ahead of the mid-autumn festival holiday, some people are already dreading the traffic. Another issue top of mind is the government's travel subsidy program and whether it will end early at the end of this month. The legislative unit is about to convene and it will review the budget for the third round of bailouts. If the timing falls into place, we will extend the program from the end of September to the end of October.
The Tourism Bureau's domestic travel subsidy rolled out in July with a budget of 3.9 billion NT. The program proved more popular than expected due to the summer holidays and pandemic restrictions on international travel. By the end of August, only 300 million NT of the budget was left. The Executive UN announced it intended to fund the program only until September 30th, terminating it one month earlier than scheduled. Japanese restaurant brand Kura Sushi debuts on Taiwan's over-the-counter market on September 17th. The online lottery for its IPO was held on Friday with more than 510,000 traders vying for fewer than 1,600 shares. Winners were able to purchase shares of Kura Sushi at 55 NT a share. Over on Taipei Exchange's emerging stock board, shares of Kura Sushi hit an intraday high of 292 NT after soaring all week. Analysts say traders should consider taking profits soon. Currently, I don't think there are any stocks in Taiwan's restaurant and hospitality sector that have hit such a high price. So if you have gains to lock in, I think you should do it soon. With this particular case, I would suggest taking profit and getting out. Kura Sushi posted revenue of 240 million NT for August, up 30% year-on-year. On Friday, it finished at 253 NT on the emerging market, becoming Taiwan's most expensive restaurant stock. The Ars Electronica New Media Arts Festival is underway in Austria. Due to the pandemic, the festival will take place in Linz, Austria, as well as virtually. This year's program features performances, panel discussions and workshops streamed online. Taiwan's artists are virtually exhibiting 12 augmented reality and virtual reality works. Just by strapping on a headset, the user journeys to Taiwan 1960s and 70s under the martial law period. This work, called Bodyless, follows a political prisoner turned ghost who returns to the world of the living. The work is created from the childhood memories of director Huang Xingjian. The uh, content of it is to talk about my childhood experience uh, because um, my mom used to tell the family history. Uh, of our family and it's a very private memory but recently uh, my mom she got the dementia uh, in the last two years and she started forgetting things so I'm thinking if I can convert in the story she told us into a VR experience and then I can show it to her and then she can remember <laughs> Ars Electronica Festival has opened with more than 150 pieces by teams around the world. There's a virtual showcase this year, along with an on-site exhibit in Linz. Twelve Taiwanese works are being displayed virtually in a collection called Taipei Garden Kaleidoscope of Taiwan. They explore Taiwan's folk customs, indigenous peoples, natural environment, politics and culture. They invite visitors to tour Taiwan's past and present. The Garden Taipei is, uh, is, a, is a great opportunity of a cooperation project between one of the most foremost uh, media arts festival, namely the Ars Electronica in Austria and, and, uh, and, and Taiwan more or less. It's also a great opportunity to show, showcase movies, animated arts of Taiwan manufacture, of Taiwan man manufacture uh, to showcase also in Austria. Aside from the online exhibition, some of these works will also be presented at Kaohsiung Museum of Fine Arts in 2022.
Although now we can only uh, experience in the exhibition online or in the so-called virtual space, in 2022, in spring, I expect to welcome you all to come to the actual space and we can really meet each other and also experiencing the, all this wonderful artist's work in the real space. Taipei Garden Kaleidoscope of Taiwan will be online from September 9th to 13th. If you miss it, you can catch it on Kaohsiung at the Museum of Fine Arts in spring 2022. For most of the news, Stephanie Yang, Zhang Tingxiang in Taipei. Mid-Autumn Festival is coming up and feasting on pomelos is a seasonal tradition. This year's hot weather has meant a bumper crop for the citrus fruit, but with an unusually long wait from harvest to festival this year, farmers say don't miss out on picking up your fruit. It won't stay in shops forever. We headed down to Hualien for an agricultural competition to find out more. Farmers in Hualien scale ladders to pick pomelos from the trees. The finest 120 kilograms are carefully chosen and sent on to compete. The meaning of taking part in this competition is that we want to further raise the standards of organic produce. There's been less rain this year and more sun and hotter weather, so our pomelos are excellent quality. They're especially beautiful. The chief of the Farmers Association vouches for the harvest. He says it's Hualien's best ever pomelo crop, and export sales seem to prove him right. As of September 7th, nationally, we exported approximately 2,500 tons of pomelos. More than half of those came from Hualien. The Farmers Association has imported Taiwan's first sugar content sensor just in time for the pomelo harvest. Each fruit can have its sugar content judged in just one second. Accurately detecting the sweetness of the fruit helps farmers choose the best fruit to sell. And this year, the harvest has fallen a month off from mid-autumn festival. The long-selling season should be a boon. I think we must urge consumers to buy pomelos early this year. If you don't buy any this time round, you might not see any pomelos when it comes to mid-autumn festival. Peeling pomelos is a seasonal tradition, so make sure not to leave your grocery shopping too late. Pint-sized extreme athletes will strut their stuff in Taipei this weekend. This Saturday and Sunday, more than 80 skateboarders, inline skaters and BMX riders will compete in the children's division of Taipei's annual extreme sports contest. Competing this year is nine-year-old professional snowboarder Chen Yi. He's been skateboarding for less than two months, but he already looks like a pro. Another rising star is Lan Yuanzhi. His mom, who's raising him alone, is his biggest fan. The two-day competition will be hosted in Taipei Extreme Sports Training Center in Nangang. Entry is free of charge. Golden Melody Award-winning music producer Liu Shaoxi has teamed up with the Hakka Affairs Council to get kids into the Hakka language through music. His rock and roll songs in Hakka were written to encourage children to learn a language their grandparents might have spoken, but their parents never learned. The Hakka Kids rock group light up the stage, leading Hakka Affairs Council Minister Yang Changzhen and the rest of the audience in a funky dance. The songs all come from the pen of a Golden Melody Award-winning artist. 
The parents of about half of Hakka children can't speak Hakka, but their children don't have any bad feelings toward Hakka culture. They think the songs are fun and sound nice. They come and join in, register, and learn. I think that's what our work is really aiming for. The fun songs are designed to help the Hakka language be passed on to the next generation. Since the coronavirus hit, they also spread the message of hand washing. At the Hakka Affairs Council's behest, Leo wrote songs including Kids of Rock, Do Re Mi, and Everybody Active, Hakka tunes designed to get you on your feet. We hope that through the kids' rock songs, through music, through movement, through group activities, children can learn the Hakka language. The project will tour schools in various cities and counties across Taiwan, giving kids a chance to get active while getting in touch with their roots.